the Talent Analytics and Future of Work podcast with Al Adamson. Hi, this is Al Adamson, founder and executive director of the Talent Strategy Institute, and I'm here today with Chris Butler, CEO of One Model. You there, Chris? I am, Al. How are you? I'm doing real well. Uh, Chris, thanks for being on today. And we're going to talk about people analytics and the future of work. And, uh, you know, Chris, before we just jump into the topic, can you give a brief overview of, you know, who you are, how you got into this space, and uh, maybe a bit on one model as well, please? Yeah, sure. So I'm, uh, as you said, I'm the CEO and founder of, of one model. Uh, and what we do is really bring a data strategy to human resources. Uh, so our, our customers have all of their data brought together from, from any of the technologies that's, that's holding data. Um, and we, we, we give it intelligent context where it can talk to each other and we can deliver analytics, measurement, uh, and any number of, of downstream uh, byproducts from that data uh, quite rapidly and, and easily. Um, and I guess we, we really came to that, that solution and, and how we thought about this space as being very much more focused on the data through through the experience that we had in in working with uh, Inform, probably the first workforce analytics company that was around, uh, doing a lot of work with customers globally and and eventually being acquired by SuccessFactors and SAP shortly after, uh, and just seeing where the space was headed and what customers were were looking to do, uh, in that they really needed much more of a grasp and a handle around that data set. So it, it, it wasn't really about visualization anymore where still a lot of vendors play uh, strictly in, in the visualization space, but how do we how do we really open this data set up so that customers could use it more effectively uh, and where that could drive uh, much bigger, not only decisions around that data, but how they how they use that data uh, in, in other areas outside of HR as well. Well, super interesting. And again, you mentioned Inform, uh, what was your role there? And you had a lot of exposure to many different companies in that role, if I recall. Is that right? Uh, yeah, yeah, quite a lot of companies, I guess, over time. Uh, I, I used to run one of the uh, one of the information services teams. So we were the guys that would actually get data out from uh, a customer's technology products, bring it together, and 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 build the data infrastructure that uh, the Inform application provided out through the website. Uh, so I, I ran the North American uh, team that was focused on, on customers in this region, but uh, I also had touch points uh, across the world um, to other companies. Uh, so we were we were really hands-on with with how these companies use data uh, and what they were looking to do. Okay, so given that unique background, uh, answer this you know, very basic question that we ask everyone who uh, is on the show: you know, What is people analytics? to you and and why do you think it's important i mean what, what's what's the value of doing this work okay um i you know i hear a lot of definitions and, and to the most part I, I agree with them and normally that's centered around kind of the application of of statistics to this space i i probably take a, a little bit of a different view for for me it's kind of uh very much building a, a puzzle um pulling these pieces together so that we have a, we have a better picture of what's going on. Um, that, that's kind of what gets me really, really excited is when we can, we can pull so many disparate sources and, and get information around in, and in areas that we never had access to before uh, and really provide much more of the, of the bigger picture of, of what's going on. Um, I think in, 
in most analytics initiatives today, there's still it's still just so small in terms of the amount of data that we're looking at and, and how it all works together. Um, that that for me is is kind of the bigger picture that that, that analytics drives out of. Um, so I, I, I agree with the other areas, but that's that's where we sit. Got it. Now, what are some of the data sources that uh, you're talking about that you would pull together and and make sense of? Uh, I mean, starting with the typical ones you'd be used to, so your your HRIS system, uh, you know, applicant tracking where where people are applying for jobs, survey data, uh, financials data. You know, if you have talent management suites, you've got succession data, performance, uh, learning data. Um, they're kind of the common ones that, that people think about, but I think there's a there's a lot more beyond that that hasn't hasn't really been tapped into um, so much. There's uh, there's a lot of public data which has been very difficult to use that I think is is now becoming more available. Um, uh, reaching out and actually doing comparisons on on I don't want to call it a, a benchmark set, but bringing a lot more of that data together together where we can start uh, seeing where we fit in the world is a comparison point that's been quite difficult uh, because it's always been at an aggregate level. Um, they're definitely pieces that are coming along, sort of the, the mining of social data and the ability to, to now ask more questions of our people uh, is, is kind of a, a different thing. It's, it's, we've always done that in typical engagement surveys, but going outside of that and asking questions that we couldn't do before is, is opening our eyes, I guess, to uh, much more data that's out there. Sure, absolutely. So at the end of it, what is the experience leaders might expect to have in the future? And maybe you know, there's that saying, the future is here, it's just not widely distributed yet. Um, in this case, it implies that some organizations are, are doing people analytics and generating insight effectively, and leaders are having a more positive experience. Um, in your case, in your experience, what would be the ideal leader experience uh, if they're using one model and getting the insight that you're speaking of? What, what could they do with that? Well, the first step is really having that information at hand and, and being able to use it. Um, so that when when a situation does come up, you can you can react to it, and it's it's typically I guess how people have run is they've been more reactive than proactive. But um, it's been difficult to react during this time. So we've had a lot of I guess legislation changes. Uh, there's been a number of changes this year around FLSA compliance, um, uh, around fair pay, uh, those sorts of things that are now spreading across the country that that companies have had to react to, and a lot of that data hasn't necessarily been there. So they've been certainly been more arduous and, and costly than uh, those initiatives uh, otherwise would have been to address if we had you know, kind of all of our ducks in a row. Um, I, I think that's the ability that it will bring leaders is that we can react and, and take care of those those problems much more quickly. Um, and moving into the proactive space, I mean, as we identify that there are issues in these areas, we can not only track them, but we can start to look out for for emerging areas that we can start to address. So predictive, you know, there's predictive elements built on an intelligent and clean data set become much more possible. Got it. And so speak more to that, because many organizations, as we both know, struggle with staging the data, bringing this disparate data together. 
those companies that are doing it well, I mean, what are some of the keys that they've employed to, to make it happen, not only from a technology perspective, but also from a maybe people and process perspective? What advice could you give there? What, what, are, what are you seeing? So those companies that, that do it well on their own um, have always had a good focus on on making sense of all of that data and making it available to those in the business um, where where it can be picked up and it can be used and they really spend a lot of time maintaining uh, how that works and, and, and making sure that it's clean so it can be relied upon. Um, those companies that I think are, are, are probably leaders have the ability to do that. And when they when they do that, they can they can move past kind of the, the basic elements and, and start doing more with that data set. So they've they've uh, moved into much more of the predictive space. And I I mean there were some recent statistics that I think Josh Burson uh, first talked about at your conference earlier this year uh, that started to say that that a lot more people are involved in in predictive um, or a lot more companies rather. But I. I think that's probably still a little bit misleading and about to dig into what, what is actually being considered predictive. Um, because most of the companies, even, even good ones, I, I would struggle to see are still like that at that area. Um, but those that, those that truly are, have taken a good uh, overview of, of the data set and, and the ability to use that. And I would still say that even within those groups, I have seen uh, kind of elements where if, if they've missed an area or they haven't covered a piece of data set that, having users that are still doing an end run around them. So it's, it's kind of an ongoing challenge to, to make sure that, that the people that are using this data have everything that, that they need. Right. And it's fair to say that those companies that are doing it well have ample resources in terms of the number of people that they're throwing at the challenge, as well as the long-term investment they've made in technologies. In other words, they have a BI tool data warehouse in place that has to be maintained and cared for over time. That takes a lot of uh, people time and obviously process uh, process has to be disciplined. There has to be data governance and all that. So uh, number one, is that true from your perspective? And the follow-up question is one model solves for that, does it not? Yes, we do. Um, I mean, there is a lot of sunk cost in, in trying to build that yourself uh, and maintain that over time. Uh, and I guess the, the fundamental change that we bring is that uh, you can leverage the investment that we make across many customers to, to really understand that data uh, and change with, with how, uh, how the data itself is changing and how people are using that data. So, um, you know, instead of, instead of every company trying to build a highly advanced uh, data and analytics team, you can really focus on the resources that you need and, and we can uh, leverage our expertise with data and deliver that to you. Right. And some of the work that we have done over the years and in terms of surveys and obviously in interviewing members of our workforce analytics council, workforce planning council, uh, the bulk of their time is spent staging data, bringing this to spare data, uh, visualizing it, analyzing it. Um, but that latter part, really doing meaningful statistical analysis that could get to causation, as well as this uh, predictive notion, that's, yes, people are talking about it, but very few are, are still doing it. So the thinking that I'm hearing from you is that if 
the data staging can be done much more efficiently and effectively, then organizations that want to do analytics can spend more time actually doing the analytics work. Is that a fair statement? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, once you have a clean data set, you can use that for uh, so many different purposes. And I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example. I've, uh, you know, this year and last year, I, I started playing around with some of the new machine learning tool sets from uh, you know, Google have, have made available, Amazon Web Services have, have made available, uh, where you can, you can load data into these machine learning tool sets, uh, you know, decent data functions, but it, it could be just basic attribute type data from the workforce and start generating models without having any real, like, you know, having to, any real statistical uh, uh, knowledge of, of going to build a, an advanced predictive model. Um, these tools are now that good at, at pattern matching that you can feed that in there and, and virtually anyone can start doing some prediction with that. Um, you still have to be intelligent about the data features that you create and what you push into it. Uh, but w once you do that and you can play around with some of that data, it's really quite easy to start doing some predictive pieces. I mean, I, I, I believe that anyone can really be doing attrition risk and those sorts of things now. Uh, and the cost to be able to do that is unbelievably cheap. Um, you know, you, you can go and run these things for about $50 to, to generate predictions across an entire year for most companies, uh, which, is, which is unheard of before. Um, you don't wow. need to know any R, any Python. You just have to build some intelligent data features. And that's, that's what I see as being really exciting. The, 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 the prediction is almost becoming commoditized. Uh, the hard work around getting data ready for that is, is always going to be a challenge. Um, so it's, it's certainly why we're in business. And you know, something that you and I have aligned on for quite some time that I think our, our listeners would be uh, that would benefit from is this idea that your predictions are and your analytics in general are only as good as the measures or metrics that you have in place. In other words, to use your term, a an analytics strategy needs a data strategy. You get involved in that as well, correct? Yeah, I mean, we, we, we become your HR data strategy. Um, you know, having, having a good data strategy that manages it well uh, almost automatically delivers a measurement framework out of that, uh, around that data strategy. Uh, so that, that framework really becomes more of a byproduct of managing that data well. And it's why we call it more of a data strategy is that, uh, you know, measurement and analytics becomes a, a use case, but how you use that data, which is quite valuable in, in other areas, you know, you can take that data and feed it off to vendors that you might be working with. Uh, you can feed it to internal teams. Uh, it's, it's a very valuable data set that needs to be used in other areas than, than just talent analytics. Um, so it's really why we describe ourselves as, as a data strategy company. Got it. And can you get to some, maybe some specific data or specific um, measures that you help with? I you know, One of the the metrics that constantly comes up is, you know, very simply headcount. Is it average headcount over the month? Is it end of period headcount? Are those the types of uh, data and measures that you address? And, and maybe what are some of the others? Yeah, I mean, at, at its most basic level, doing headcounts properly and, and particularly an average headcount can be difficult. Uh, most companies, when they do an average headcount, will you know, take a, a end of month, start of month, divide it by two and, and give you an average headcount. Uh, and I would do the same either end of year, start of year, 
um, or if they have the appetite, they'll do it each month um, in order to create an average. But it's, that can be quite misleading. Um, you know, a, a true average should be calculated at least daily uh, so that you can see the changes and, and the flow of people as they move through, through different parts of the organization. Uh, and that, 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 can be, that can take a lot of resources to really make that happen. Uh, it's not easy because you're creating a record on each day for each person, which adds up quite quickly. Um, so unless, unless you're really doing that, you're always going to be dealing with a level of inaccuracy uh, and it's it's just tough for most companies to do. Um, but as you you know as you move into into other areas of of sort of the data set, I mean, you know, term rates flow out from from uh, events and and uh, average you know headcounts. Um, how we bring in other data and tie you know survey data uh, into those those counts and how that works uh, is is almost impossible for most companies to do because of requirements for confidentiality. Uh, being able to tie in how people have been answering survey questions with with the rest of your data set, you know, with everything across uh, how people are leaving and performance and, and even just normal headcounts to, to how people have answered survey questions. Uh, it's just about in, in, impossible to do uh, and, and provide a lot of uh, information back from unless you're doing it at that employee level. So kind of those, those advanced, the advanced treatment of, of data to be able to link it together. Uh, and provide some of that, you know, in, in the case of survey anonymity, um, but connect any sort of data set together so you can get, get to those really um, crucial metrics and analyses. That's, that's fantastic. Now, let's say you have this data together. You have your data strategy in place. Now, I know that one model as a tool enables visualization uh, analysis uh, as well as a uh, prediction um, capability. What? Um, how do you actually? Let me. How do you all work with other tools? So Tableau, ClickView, um, Spotfire. These are enterprise reporting tools that um, are, on some cases, on the fringe of the HR space. In other cases, uh, there's the appetite to actually bring it in the HR space. So uh, executives and uh, external customers, say in finance don't want to be looking at different tools all the time. So explain how you work uh, with these other tools, if you do. Yeah, yeah, there was, there was definitely one thing that we wanted to do. Uh, we, we didn't want to hold this data captive once we'd, once we'd cleaned it up and, and made it useful. Uh, so we always had to be able to open it up. And so one of the ways we do that is, you know, we would, we would build that data strategy, we would have this, this clean, uh, set of data models that can all interconnect and interrelate. And you can plug in Tableau if you want to. You know, we open that up so you can connect with typical uh, tools through either ODBC or, or JDBC, just, just as if it were another database. Uh, so you can plug in Tableau, you can plug in Excel, uh, you could feed that data out to, to other tool sets as well, or, or even off to, you know, your own data science team. Um, and I think that fits really well. You know, Tableau was always uh, and still is a, a very good visualization tool set. Uh, but it was difficult to do some of those more advanced uh, elements that you wanted to do with Tableau. So, I mean, there are new tools like uh, IBM's just brought out the, the new Connects the Talent Insights tool uh, that fits, or will fit really well with us because we can handle a lot of the advanced data features, feed it up into, into their tool and, and use uh, Watson's capability to, to really dig into that data. Um, 
So we see how we really collaborate and can work with other vendors and tool sets as, as being a huge positive for, for how we really add to the capability of uh, a tone analytics team. Does that make sense how we move data around? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'm sure it's music to many's ears that it's not just another tool that you would be able to work with existing uh, tools, namely Tableau, that are already well socialized among the decision makers. Um, so, you know, again, with, with that in mind, if there is you know, limited budget, uh, obviously limited investment in terms of headcount that organizations can employ, I mean, what would be your advice um, in terms of where they put that budget, where they put that headcount? Because there's the staging of the data, there's the actual analysis, and then there's the, the visualization or, or distribution of the, the data. You know, if everything's done at, at once, that's a significant uh, investment, and, and maybe it should be uh, you know, all done at once. But where would you advise uh, a HR leader or someone who's uh, leading HRES, where would they, where would they start? Uh, definitely I would, I mean, you want to, you want to drive value out of that data set. So you really should be focusing on the usage of that data. Uh, certainly now that you don't have to have to build it, you can save a lot of money in using someone like uh, someone like one model to really bring that data together and give you that framework. Then you can put those resources into into analysts that, that can dive into that, uh, that can help uh, build the pieces they need to get that information out out to people in the business to to support uh, executives and HRBPs and uh, those sort of people that that need this data set to to help with uh, how they run their business. Um, that's where I would be putting my money um, beyond having having that data set up. It's just too these days with with how many technologies there are. Uh, in use in, in any one company, and it's not it's not diminishing. We have big suites out there now, but there there are so many more up and coming vendors that that you will want to make use of them. Um, trying to build that yourself just becomes becomes too burdensome. You'll you'll lose time and uh, wasted resources on chasing data when you could be just using that data. Got it. And uh, I couldn't agree more. Based on you know my experience, I think there's a overemphasis on uh, hiring people and having them wrestle with the data and it adds marginal value and they're actually hired as analysts when in fact they're doing more of this data staging work and, and less analysis. What I'm hearing is that one model would take care of the staging of the data to use that word so analysts can be analysts and in turn communicate uh, insight to their internal customers, namely executives. Is that a fair summary of what you said? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, given this, where do you think we're going in, in the space? So you all are an emerging player. You won uh, an award last year, awesome new technology at HR Tech. Uh, there's a lot of vendors that are talking about doing analytics. There are some that are doing analytics. Uh, so arguably there's, there's a lot of noise in the space. So as you fast forward three, four, five years uh, into the future, what do you see leading companies doing that others aren't in the measurement and analytics space? I'm, I, I mean, my viewpoint is that analytics is, is just kind of one use case for, for how we do this. If you're, if you're just talking about analytics 
five years from now, you're thinking way too small in what's there. It's, it's kind of a stepping stone to, to how we use that, that data in, in broader concepts. Um, I actually think this, the, this data, once we open it up and, and it's more available, uh, you'll be able to use it not only for analytics, but in, in everything else that you do. Uh, kind of the portability of this data to move around to be able to test out new software, uh, to be able to spin up uh, an impl implementation of a product with your own data uh, will be you know, much greater than it is today. And it's kind of what we work towards is, is how to open it up and, and make that happen. Um, so anal analytics should become a byproduct of, of really how we manage that. So it, it doesn't matter if you're sitting on, on a suite of products and uh, that you'd still need to manage this data well because you will be looking at uh, new ways of, of, of you know, running performance or how learning works that you'll need to be able to adapt to or you'll fall behind compared to your competitors. Um, so that's, and I don't necessarily really want to talk about sort of analytics in that framework because I think that it's still too small of a conversation five years from now. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's super interesting. Implied in that is that HR leaders and other leaders, uh, whether they be in operations and finance, are going to have to start thinking about people um, and data in the the same breath for the most part, especially with uh, movements in wellness analytics or measurements and, and the quantitative self and uh, all this external data that's available. Is that you know, a fair statement as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, no, no one vendor is going to be able to solve all of these problems for you uh, over time. Um, data is going to move, and the one thing you can control is ownership of your own data. Uh, you know, software, software and what you use is, is temporary, but, but that, that data should live on forever. Got it. So we, we have a few minutes left, and what I'd like to hear as we start to wrap up is one model. And how do you see you know, one model evolving? You know, again, you're a prominent emerging player in the space, and you know, you've had inroads in uh, here in North America, and you're you're from Australia. I don't think anyone was confused by uh, your Tennessee accent, but but where do you see? Uh, one model, you know, going over time, and I know you've touched on it already, but I just want to you know, get a feel for how it's going to play in the overall ecosystem that you described. Yeah, uh, and probably the short answer to that is I, I see ourselves being a very collaborative piece in, in this ecosystem. Um, I, I almost see us as, as being the connection point between a lot of different software and, and data sets that, that you would use in order to be able to make sense of that. Um, that that's really where I see our, our ultimate value is, is how do we bring this together and, and um, make sure that we can use it not only now, but for any changes that, that, that we use uh, or that we implement in the future. Um, so to that regard, that's, that's what we're, we're working towards. I think we certainly have an ability to become one of the largest data repositories and uh, ability to, to start using that data along with your own uh, information that, that you would provide through to us. Um, so that, that's where we see ourselves going towards providing uh, analytics and uh, planning tools and, and those sorts of things along the way as, as we progress. Um, and it's certainly, it's very much a, a global industry now. We've been uh, 
pulled worldwide quite quickly and probably faster than, than we were originally expecting um, to have to do that, that, you know, this is not, it's not a localized phenomenon anymore. Everyone is, is really looking at doing this. Um, so that's, it's, it's growing faster than I think anyone really expected. And in that, you're not only working with these large global enterprises, you're also able to serve these, say, mid-sized companies that you know might not uh, have the investment or willingness to you know make an investment in headcount. Is that a fair statement too? Yeah, that's yeah, and that's prescient, Al. It's uh, I've had a number of conversations this year with companies that that typically would be too small to do something like this. Um, probably the smallest was, was closer to 100 employees, which is which is kind of unheard of. Uh, looking to really do some more uh, structured analytics and those sorts of things with their data set. Um, so years ago, I mean, there's no way you could get a look into this if you weren't more than 5,000 employees um, going, you know, 100,000 plus. And these days, we're we're getting a, a lot of companies sub a thousand employees that are really looking to become. Uh, a lot more measured and, and structured in, in how they address their people, uh, which is, to me, that's, that's a, it's a huge change, and I think it's happening faster than, than it ever was. And there's nothing available for them to really work with. The price points are so high that they're stuck using Excel and, and some of these other tool sets. Um, so, you know, what, that's one of the areas we can help address that just because of, of how fast it is for us to get data out. Uh, and start delivering some of this value to them is um, we can start to help those smaller companies. Well, Chris, as always, great speaking with you. And this has been Chris Butler and Al Adamson. And thanks for joining us. Super appreciate it. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Talent Analytics and Future of Work podcast with Al Adamson. For other podcasts and to learn about upcoming events, please visit talentstrategyinstitute.com.